0: How's it going, folks? This is Captain Cam with Blackbird Guide Services, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Eastern Current. And today, our guest is Captain Ryan Bender out of Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina, which is really not that far from us here in Wilmington, maybe about 30 miles or so. Uh, and we dive into a lot about the differences between our two fisheries. So we have all the same species, but the way that we fish for them is can be different in and, and more specifically speckled trout and the way that we fish for those, but we don't just cover speckled trout. We, we cover those. We cover redfish. We cover flounder. Um, so hopefully a lot of valuable information on this one. So stay tuned and we will talk to you soon. Captain Ryan, how you doing, man?
1: Good, man. How's it going?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Still recovering from, uh, from RSV, which, as we were talking about a little bit before we hopped on here, is not super fun. <laughs> you yeah, can probably hear man. it in my voice a little <laughs> bit. Still got a little bit it of... Uh, that for you. Yeah, still got a little bit of mucus up there. Um, but I wanted to have you on here. Like I said, I have been following Ryan on social media for a good amount of time now. I know that he's just north of me in uh, the New River area, which is... Very much a different fishery from from where I live, which is kind of interesting to think about because they're only probably what is it thirty miles forty miles apart
1: yeah, maybe man that uh, uh
0: and, and new river is a you know big river system, and we have the Cape Fear River, but it's way more um tidal here, and it's yep. a lot more current here as well, which is interesting, and I'm not really i'm there's some scientific reason why that's the case um but i can't think of it so so it's always interesting for me especially and and probably for for listeners too to to hear the difference in how we like to fish for the same species because the tactics can be a little bit different when you especially i would say for trout uh and probably yeah. probably for flounder too because i i generally look for a lot of current for flounder at times So, and and especially trout, but, um, before we really dive into any of that stuff, Ryan, why don't you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, this is, this is the first time we've spoken, so you can, you can go for as long as you want.
1: Yeah, man. So, um, I've been out here about 15 years. I actually grew up in San Diego. Um, when I moved out here, my dad's coworker was a big red fisherman. And, uh, he took me out for the first time and I've kind of been hooked ever since. Um, been hard at it, you know, just trying to learn and picking up on things from the get-go and, uh, kind of led me to where I'm at now, but started out on a little John boat. Um, I then kind of backtracked into kayaks. I uh, kayak fish for a long time, which in my opinion, it really helps you kind of pick apart an area. Um, you got to really dive in and uh, can't cover as much ground as a big boat, you know? So 100%. you kind of learn a lot more just being right there kind of in the action. Yeah. And, um, eventually I got tired of paddling and went back to a John boat and then I kind of just upgraded from there and wound up in a big skiff and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't want to do anything else. Obviously it led me to guiding ultimately, but, uh, I've been fishing pretty seriously. Uh, I'd say like 200 days a year or more for the last five or six years. So.
0: Nice. Did you do anything? Uh, what, what what did you do for work before guiding or was it straight into guiding for your, um,
1: so I, I farmed fresh out of high school for a few years. My uncle owns a big farm Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm a big hunter, outdoorsman. Um, love being outdoors you know there's just something special about it and then i actually managed the hotel kind of randomly for a couple years Uh, i had a friend who was he owned a few in town and uh so i kind of got into the customer service industry and which funny enough is a big part of guiding in my opinion (laughs) um you know it's like a 50 50 shot man you gotta kind of be a tour guide and be able to put people on fish so that certainly helps I'd say I was pretty shy before that, to be honest. Um, But that really kind of opened me up and kind of got a little more out there as far as just being able to talk to people and stuff. But um, I don't know. I started kayak guiding uh, originally. Mm -hmm. I did that for two years, and that was a lot of fun. And then I just kind of made the jump and got my captain's license. And um, the last few years have, have really been good. So can't complain one bit. Best job in the world. Yeah, definitely can be. Yeah, Um, it can be. That's a good uh, point. (laughs) It's like any job, man. You got (laughs) stressful days and you got good days, but uh, that's I'd say the good outweighs the bad.
0: Yeah, and and, I mean, it's just you got to do what you love to do. uh, At the end of the day, I'm a big, big believer in that. In that, you only do your best work when you're working in something that you're that you're passionate about.
1: No doubt, I'm on the same page.
0: So I I do want to talk about kayak fishing a little bit because yeah. you hit on a really um, big topic that I think about a lot with kayak fishermen. Yep. In that that learning how to kayak fish or or just kayak fishing in general, I think you really do like you said you learn how to pick apart a spot so well because you don't have the ability to just say this whole area is dead. I'm moving to. The, yep. I'm moving ten miles away.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do
0: you feel like that's helped you out a lot with with?
1: I really, with uh, I really do. Yeah, um, it gives you just a different intuition as far as uh, knowing what you're looking for. I guess. Plus, another thing with kayaks is really you can go anywhere. So, I, I got addicted to like low tide fishing and you know the marshes and stuff and you can fish stuff that no one else can get to. And that kind of led me into like the skiff life for lack of a better reference. Um, you know, my skiff can float in six inches if need be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, you get a, get on a big school of redfish on low tide and like a back bay. There's nothing better. <laughs> yeah, you're very, <laughs> but, uh, very right. but back to what you were saying. Yeah. You definitely have to pick apart an area, um, way more in depth than you would in a boat because like you, you can't go and jump to the next Creek, like half a mile down or whatever. You've got to find fish where you're kind of dealt. So, you know, you're usually staying within like a mile or two radius, or at least I was, I was never in a pedal kayak or anything like that. I was paddling. So I had to be kind of methodical and, uh, you know, dig into what I could. Yeah. I
0: think about, it a lot in terms of, well, I guess redfish and trout where certain times a year, especially for trout, there can just be, there could be a huge area. Let's call it, let's call it a huge bay. And there could be, let's say 15 Creek mouths in this bay. And right. one of them could have a whole pile of trout on it and all the other ones might have nothing. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like when you're, when you, uh, for me, since I, I've never kayak fished really, uh, extensively by any means, but if I go to spots, let's say in this bay where I know the creek mouths that have been good historically and I hit all of them and there's nothing there, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm moving. Whereas if you were in a kayak, you'd probably learn a lot more that, that whole area a lot more intimately knowing that you can't really leave that area. And, you know, that's super beneficial to really, really kind of comb through it with a fine tooth comb, if you will, to, to really (laughs) like, you know, just get down to a granular perspective of of your spot that you're fishing because you can't move that much. Um, yeah. so I, I can't, I can only imagine that it has been extremely beneficial for, uh, your fishing and, and moving into guiding as well. If not only just finding new spots, but looking at stuff and saying that looks fishy.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I don't know about you, but in a boat, I mean, I give a spot kind of like 10, 15 minutes with clients. And uh, if I don't see what I like, we're moving pretty quick. (laughs) Uh, In a kayak, you know, (laughs) you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to give this like 30 to 45 minutes (laughs) because I don't want to paddle a mile that way and try and pick apart a different area or a different bay. Um, (laughs) Boat life is way simpler. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and it could be too, like
0: if you're in a kayak and, and you're giving it more time you probably throw in different lures to be like, yeah, you're maybe, maybe they don't want yep. what I'm throwing. And a lot of times I'm like, they don't want what I'm throwing. I'm moving.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt, man.
0: <laughs> um, and sometimes, I mean, it's, I and I, I think about this too. When I first started really, really getting into fishing, a lot of times if I didn't get a bite, let's say on a, on a Creek mouth that, that I had caught trout there before. If I didn't get a bite in five, 10 minutes, I would try a different color. I would try if that new color didn't work, I throw on something completely different. A lot of times that would result in catching a fish or two, you know, but now I have so much confidence in a handful of, well, a lot of baits that I use for, for trout in particular. That I'm like, man, if they're not eating this, they're probably not there. When in, reality yeah. they probably you know i i feel like if maybe it's just the if a different bait was thrown or something i don't know i think it's made yep. uh, boating um fishing from a boat definitely can make you lazy in some regards and <laughs> in,
1: in yeah too. especially with all the technology that yeah. it's like <laughs> right you got side scan you got down scan you've got you know Set your eye pilot, like <laughs> right, right. You got all these advantages, and uh, yeah. Sometimes I almost want to go back to a pedal, or I mean, a paddle kayak, and just you know, get back to simpler times and <laughs> yeah, simpler. Take apart right. an area like old days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, well,
0: let's let's talk about what what is your favorite fish to target in in your area of New River and In north
1: that's tough man um i'll say i've got two because they're seasonal to me um i target redfish year round obviously Mm -hmm. but you get that early fall like or sorry like late fall i guess like early winter trout bite Mm -hmm. that's really hard to beat to me um i've said it before like it's hard to beat the thump of a trout but mm-hmm. the pull of a redfish. So it's like two totally different um, fishing styles or obviously like species, but it's it's so much fun just being able to switch back and forth in our area. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, especially in like the fall or the winter, you can kind of hit a two for trip for lack of a better reference than, uh, <laughs> you know, go whack trout to start. And then once the sun gets up a little bit, we'll go find some redfish on the flat, schooled up or, uh, ultimately I'd say redfish just cause that's kind of what I cut my teeth on. And that's, I guess you could say my specialty. Um, I, I love catching redfish and I guess that's what people kind of know me for. So,
0: yeah, I would say redfish always seems to me to be the number one targeted species for like it, for calls I get is always, Hey, we want to go catch redfish. And I'm like, you know, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Um, But in in a lot of times, you know, if you're waiting for the right tide or you know where a school is and you're just, you know, again, kind of waiting for the right tide to get to to where you know where they're going to be, but there's trout around, let's say it's sometime in the fall as well. A lot of times, those people absolutely fall in love with trout fishing too because like you said, there's something so addicting about the way a trout eats a lure and yeah it is very much a thump. I think that's the best word to describe it. It's almost like it'll you, you feel like the rods gonna pop out of your hand and then nothing and then once yeah, you set for real the, and then once you set the hook then they start fighting. it's just like they're coming up. They're sitting in that current or, you know, sitting there dead still, mm-hmm. and then they come up, bite it, and just go straight back down to where they were. <laughs> at least we yep. live when they're sitting in that current.
1: Um Right, especially a big one, man. They'll run right at the boat sometimes, and they yeah. kind of wake up. And
0: <laughs> yeah, they're so fun. They're so much fun. But I do want to talk about a little bit about the difference in, in how you fish for trout versus how we fish for trout. Which I, I yeah. think is a big difference. Not probably not so much to someone who doesn't fish for trout a lot, but here I think you look for stuff completely different than what you guys look for. Maybe not up in like Swansboro and that area, but you know, deep in New River where you're fishing a lot of stuff that doesn't have, and correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't fished up there a ton, but it really yeah. doesn't have like a ton of current.
1: No, a lot of New River, especially once you get up past like French's, is, is uh I mean, very, very, very slow moving, if almost non existent. I mean a lot of that once you get up river it's it's very wind driven. So you don't get much tide at all. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that that just the re just the fact that there's not current or a lot of current in that area the way that you fish for trout is so much different than the way that you fish from down here because yep. y- y'all's favorite lures. A lot of times are like MR 17s and other hard twitch baits, which yep. are are applicable down here, but I would say less so except for maybe like an X wrap or something like that, that really has that like lip and dives down, but the, you hit to fight, right. the current here so much that, you really need something that sinks pretty quick. Not crazy yeah. quick, but like the, the DOA red flake shrimp that we are, you know, everyone down here is in love with, and the one that yep, everyone yep. uses is a is a quarter ounce. Um, So it sinks pretty quick. I mean, not crazy fast, but if you're throwing it way up current and letting it come back to you, and depending on how quickly you're twitching it and, and how much slack you're taking out of the line, just you know, kind of determines how deep it's going, but you know, it's a lot different than just casting out a bank and twitching a bait to you.
1: Oh, no doubt. So, yeah, we use a lot of, uh, 17s, 18s, 27s. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw a lot of top water for trout. That's probably my, my favorite personally. Um, I don't throw many paddle tails or like jig heads in the river just mm-hmm. cause lots of snags. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to work the bottom, but I do, I fish in the marsh a lot. Um, and there I will throw like Z-Man, E or, uh, paddlers or like the jerk shrimps. I like the jerk shrimps a lot in the marsh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess mostly on sorry, like ahead. an eighth ounce, you know, yeah. something super light. So. Mm-hmm.
0: You kind of have both worlds where you live cause you, you go way up in the new river, not much current. But you go north into the New River to towards Swansbury, you start getting a lot more current. Or if you go south towards Surf City North Topsail, you start getting a lot of current again. Yeah. So so you get you get both the perspectives of it for sure. So
1: I do. I've got a lot of friends up on the Noose as well. So I go up there and uh, you know we'll fish a lot of those bigger creeks up around new Bern and like Oriental, and mm-hmm. it's very um, comparable to like upper new river, but they definitely have <laughs> a way better, uh, or a stronger fishery, I guess I would say compared to new river. New river is very, very pressured. Um, you got to really kind of know how to fish it. So.
0: Has, do you feel like since you've been fishing there that new river has gotten a lot more pressure since then?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm sure you've seen it too, man. I mean social media is a blessing and a curse um it's great for us guides as far as like advertising and uh you know getting our name out there and stuff, but people see all that and there's all these trout pages or redfish pages or you know what have you and <laughs> those definitely help to populate areas with fishermen um, you know people name drop creeks or whatever which which is fine I mean everyone. Everyone wants to uh you know catch a fish the easiest way possible, I guess, so that's the way to do it and can't can't fault anyone for that, I guess, but um it definitely helps on the or hurts on the pressure side i would say <laughs>
0: yeah i I feel like I, I could be wrong, but I feel like in the last two or three years um, the trout fishing up in the new river hasn't been the like trophy trout fishing that I've, I've heard it has been in, in recent years. No, you're a hundred
1: percent right. In the past, in the
0: past. I don't know. What
1: I'm trying um, to say. I don't know about down where y'all are at, but the last, last two or three years, I really don't feel like we got a good push like we have prior. Um, most of our fish come from like the Chesapeake up around the noose. They kind of push down mm-hmm. in the fall and the winter. And, these past couple seasons, we really just haven't haven't had a ton of fish, in my opinion. Um,
0: last you got to kind of
1: work for them, and we've we've gotten a few nice fish, I guess you could say, like some some trophy class fish, but not the numbers that we're used to. Yeah,
0: last fall was probably the worst fall for trout I I can remember. I agree. That you know didn't have anything to do with least i don't think it had anything to do with a freeze i mean the last freeze i remember was maybe four years ago
1: yeah i think you're right i
0: don't know maybe maybe that does affect the fish now but yeah it was bad and there was a there was a you know i don't think the flounder season helps the the trout population no (laughs) no not at all (laughs) if you catch my drift um yeah and uh but you know everyone's got to do what they got to do yep uh but yeah i mean tons of pressure on the trout for sure i think i want to say that marine fisheries is doing some sort of scoping on them and i think that they've confirmed that overfishing is occurring and i don't know if i I don't think they've come to any sort of decision on what's going to happen next but that'll be kind of interesting to find out
1: man uh, it's it's funny they made a quote a while back and uh it was literally that our trout population is not overfished but overfishing is occurring right. or something along those lines it's very just uh contradictory and i mean i've been to a couple of those trout meetings this past uh like early summer when they were going on and it's wild man but I mean, I
0: don't, I don't want to get into regs and stuff, but, you know, we need to get off yeah. this topic.
2: I've teamed up with Florida Fishing Products to outfit my guide service with their spinning reels, braided line, and fluorocarbon leader, and I'm looking forward to giving you some real-world feedback on their gear. I've been enjoying their Osprey CE for all my light tackle, redfish and speckled trout and Resolute for my beefier setups for big reds, cobia, tarpon and jacks. I'm looking forward to helping further their mission to equip anglers to fish better, which couldn't align closer with our values here at Eastern Current. Be sure to check out their website, floridafishingproducts.com or ask about them at your local tackle shop. Temple Fork Outfitters is the rod of choice for all of us here at Eastern Current. Whether we're fly fishing for shallow water redfish, sight casting to cobia from a tower, or dropping live pinfish to grouper in 100 feet of water, they have the rod for the job. Their customer service is unmatched by any rod company out there, and their rods can take the beating of everyday guide use without any issues. My favorite rod for redfish and speckled trout is their 7-foot medium light tactical inshore spin rod. Be sure to check out their website, tforods.com.
0: um let's go back. Let's, let's go back to fishing for trout in the new river um how do you what what do you look for on like a bank because so much of the new river i mean it's incredibly gorgeous but a lot yeah. of it like looks you know i for for me just always looking for like oh there's an eddy there's a current seam you know for me it's like how do i what do i look for here And without, you know, you don't have to give me anything away, but just, is it just purely like you just go around blind casting, blind casting, blind casting until you find a spot that's productive? And then that spot, you know, once you get kind of get into that zone, is that the zone or are you looking for something in particular?
1: Yeah. So, um, I guess I look for two things. I'll be honest. As far as like, um, subsurface stuff, I look, I use my fish finder a lot in the river, in the deeper creeks. Um, I look for those drop offs. I look for those subtle like depth changes. Uh, as far as top water goes, though, I'm looking on the bank for structure. And New River has got ton of it. But you're also looking for bait up top. Um, you're looking for bait kind of mid water column because you'll a lot of times you'll get those top water fish on top of that as well. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> bait is key, I think, anywhere, um, especially in the winter time. I mean. You find bait, you're going to find fish, more than likely. Um, No telling what size, (laughs) but you're going to find some sort of game fish, either redfish or trout or, you know, something desirable. Um, My go-to is, like, the 5- to 7-foot range, I guess, in most of these creeks. Um, There is some deeper creeks that you can hit, you know, deep in the winter, but that's my... Desired depth in New River, I guess you would say. And then bait is 100% what I look for all the time. So, mm-hmm.
0: what, what bait is around New River in the, in the late fall?
1: Lots of mullet. Um, that's a lot of trout are keyed in on. Mm-hmm. Shrimp early fall, obviously. And then once those push out, the mullet. And then we do keep some menhaden in the creeks uh, through the wintertime. They're keyed in on that as well. But little peanut. Most of these live bait guys are throwing live shrimp. And I'm not, I, I'll be honest, I don't throw um, bait for trout. I've always been an artificial guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, dead of winter, those, those live trout, or I mean, <laughs> those live shrimp guys are, you know, whacking and stacking. Yeah. <laughs> I can't knock it. It's just not my thing. <laughs> do Are
0: they, um, curious if curious, do they slip float for? trout when they're using uh live shrimp
1: they do yeah man hundred percent that's what I that's the go-to there's billy bay flip corks yeah golly
0: those things are deadly man mm-hmm. they're incredibly deadly just the fact that you do, you don't have to retie a cork every time or to you know change your depth you
1: can just slide. Oh, yeah. They're super convenient. Super You'll see boats with, incredible. you know, 12 rods rigged with them. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're loaded down with shrimp and ready to go. Yeah.
0: How was y'all's early summer for trout? And the reason I ask is the past three years, three or four years, uh-huh. our early season, our early summer for trout has actually been surprisingly good. And in, and Yeah some cases, better than the fall. Um, so I was curious if, if y'all have seen that same trend uh, up in
1: New River. So late spring, um, early summer, I will target kind of bigger trout, I guess you would say. And that's honestly just throwing topwaters amongst, like, the redfish and the trout, like the upper, upper size trout, like citation size will be mixed in with the reds. And that's really all I target, like late spring, early summer. Um, I'm very seasonal when it comes to trout. It's more of like a fall, winter thing for me. Now, I would say June, I switch over to redfish, like strictly. Um, mm-hmm. There's some guys that target trout in New River year round, but through the summertime, it's it's a live bait game. Um, I don't know many guys that are very successful on artificials through the summertime. Mm-hmm on speckled trout in the river or even or the surrounding marshes and stuff um i don't know if they just get picky we don't have a very a very thick resident population in my opinion i mean there's going to be some guys that try to correct me on that but that's just my observation um you can pick off a few here and there first hour last hour daylight you know type of thing but um i don't i don't target them super heavy Early summer or late spring. If I am, it's it's the big girls I'm after. So,
0: what's your is your go to bait for big trout top water?
1: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Spook Junior, one knocker spook, um, a skitter walk, kind of whatever your whatever your favorite redfish top water is. The trout's gonna eat it all the same, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Do you uh, are you a treble hook guy or a inline guy?
1: So I keep a treble in the center and a lot of time I'll I'll do a inline on the back, but it, to me, it depends on the class of fish. Um, I don't, I, I'm kind of 50, 50. I'll keep one rigged up, fully trebled and one kind of modified. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of what I'm feeling at the time. <laughs>
0: what, what do you think the benefit is of, of a, of the hook on the back being a inline?
1: Um, it's a really good question. Actually, I don't. I've just felt better about it. It's easier to unhook. They don't get as tangled in them. Um, yeah. I don't see nearly as much like carnage on trout with the inline. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll get all mangled in their gills or whatever. And yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just out to, you know, kind of look out for the fish. So.
0: Yeah, and if you—I mean, I feel, if, you're I fishing, if you're fishing for the big ones, that's that's an important thing to do. Correct yeah, exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong, you you probably know this, and I should know this because I've told a bunch of clients this, and I'm pretty sure I, I have no idea what the <laughs> actual number is. Yeah. Trout over 20 inches produce h- how many more eggs than trout under 20 inches? Is it 10 times oh, more eggs? Dude, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm,
0: I always tell people it's 10 times more eggs and I could be totally wrong, but I know that it's a ridiculous number.
1: Yeah, it's a substantial number. Um, I really should know that I've been to, <laughs> I've been to a couple of classes on it and stuff <laughs> like that, but um. we, should all,
0: we should all know this. Um, I know,
1: right? Well, um, well,
0: after this, I'm definitely gonna look. I'll it just up, say I'm in sure. favor
1: of it. I, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. release the bigger girls just out of a uh, conservation standpoint. though
0: so. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do not. Um, I don't. I don't let anyone keep trout over 20 inches. On my yeah. Um,
1: yep. And usually, now I mean, there's certain circumstances. You know, one gets one gut hooked to something or other. And sure, <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, take it, it home, but yeah. If it's going to die anyways, it might as well go on the dinner plate. Yeah. But I've never had a problem with anyone saying, you, you know, you, you explain the, the egg situation to him, with, even if you don't yeah. have the exact right number. um, Someone's going to be like, God, you idiot. It's like 100 times more eggs. Um, right. But even if you say 10 times more eggs, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Let's definitely put him back. I'm like, that's awesome.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know about you, man, but most of the time, like, redfish really anything. Um, my client usually looks at me, they're like, well, what wh- what, would you do? Like, you going <laughs> to keep it or like, and I'm like, look, if you guys are down here from, you know, wherever Pennsylvania, for instance, I get a lot of clients from Pennsylvania for whatever reason. And, uh, I'm like, you guys are looking to have a good meal. Like, you know, keep a couple fish. It's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt it. it hurt the fishery rather. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the big girls, stuff like that, like, you know, I'll always give my recommendation of, yeah, you know, I would send that one back. If you're looking for a cool picture, guess what? We can get it, and then we'll get a cool release video too. So <laughs> yeah. it's going to look just as cool as that dot shot with, uh, you know, 20 fish lined up, in my opinion. so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, another thing on trout I wanted to ask you, do you ever surf fish? trout
1: i do not personally um
0: have you ever fished for trout
1: i have yeah so. i have in years past um some like off the of emerald point um i can remember like five six seven years ago they got a few good runs up there and i've got some buddies that work at like tackle shops up in that area and they would give me a call like hey man tie up a 27 and uh you know come up here and we did pretty good on them. I I'm not well versed on it at all, so <laughs> I I can't say I can really speak on it much, but it can be a good time. Well,
0: I'm not I'm not either, and I feel like I'm missing out on something <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to you know people and friends that are avid trout fishermen and don't really surf for, fish for them anymore. And I, I yeah. don't I don't know why whether it's got it got worse or they have boats now and they can just, you know, would rather do it in the marsh, which I totally understand. But they're yep. like, oh, yeah, when I was 15 years old, me and my dad, we used to go out on Topsail Beach and we'd catch 30 trout from the beach. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when was this? Where were you? How did you do it? Uh, so I don't know if it's still as productive as it as it used to be. And tra- yeah. I, When I was... A kid when I grew up here I you know, I don't I didn't know anyone that surf fished for trout and I'm sure that people did it around Rightsville and, and uh you know, the beaches around me, Carolina Beach and whatever.
1: Right. I just I don't want to name drop, but I know uh and you probably know him too. There's a guy uh that fishes Rightsville and he's a big tournament fisherman too. But surf fishing for trout is his thing. And every fall or winter He gets one or two that are 28 to 30 inches out of the surf up there. And they're usually like, you know, I don't know, man, what, seven to 10 pounds or something crazy. And, uh, he wins a lot of those big trout tournaments and things. So, you know, a lot of people probably know who I'm talking about, but he does extremely well in the surf, but he's, uh, he's pretty secretive about his, oh, I, would I would be
0: too. If I was catching six and seven pound trout out of the surf, I, would, I don't even know if I would show it on anywhere or tell yeah. anybody. Yeah,
1: now it blows right. my mind, man. Every year he'll get one stud. I'm talking like something he's out of Texas. And, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's unreal. But it's doable for sure. Yeah, I know.
0: I know it's, I know there's a, there's a window. That I think it could be really, really good, and I just have never, you know, it's just something that I've never do uh, or really take the time to try and figure out. But I think if you could figure it out, obviously it might pay off in a big way.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's quite as simple as surf fishing for reds, but. uh. (laughs) No, probably
0: not. Probably not. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about flounder real quick.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you, uh, how'd you do this season? And we our, did
1: really well. It was uh, a two week
0: season, two
1: week season. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We had our uh, whopping two week season there, and uh, it was pretty good, man. Uh was pretty well booked, and I think we got our limit all but one time, and that one time we didn't. It was pretty nasty. Uh, we did get our limit of redfish that day, but the flounder were just being a little picky. We cut a lot of shorts, and uh, we just couldn't get get that one extra. We had two out of three, and yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't snag that last one, but we had some pretty nice fish. Um I did go gigging one night. That was pretty pretty fun and we got our limit pretty fast. We weren't very picky. We kept four that went like eighteen to twenty. That's and good, there's there's flounder. plenty more out there, but we are just kinda it was a quick trip, so
0: Yeah. How, what is your what is your go to way to fish for flounder with clients? Are you throwing artificials or are you throwing live bait
1: yep uh so the the only fish i really throw live bait or cut bait for is redfish i'm i'm all artificial otherwise i would say now we do pick up some flounder you know red fishing mm-hmm. uh, on live bait but um i'm pretty much all you know z man paddle tails voodoo shrimp um just stuff like that we're bouncing off the bottom in creek mouths around oyster banks mm-hmm. um, marsh points, you know, the typical stuff. And with flounder, I'm really just looking for a drop of any, of any sort. Um, They're probably one of the most well-known ambush predators out there. (laughs) You know, you you drag a Z-Man paddle tail across a little drop off and you're pretty certain to feel that thump of a flounder hitting it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like the the population of flounder is... What it was, I mean, i, I it's hard for me. I, I've i never, yeah, let me think about this. I need to choose my words carefully. Yeah, right. I, have, uh, <laughs> I never really targeted flounder really hard that much. So it's yeah. hard for me to say like, oh yeah, the you know, ever since the closure and whatever, whatever, that the flounder population is like way more than it used to be. It w- really wasn't until I got my my bay boat where Mm -hmm. I was started fishing a lot for flounder. So call it two years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we really haven't had an issue catching them. It can be tough at times, but you know, when it's (laughs) a one person or one fish per person, it's not very hard. Right. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know, maybe you're different. Maybe you fish for flounder a lot longer than I have or targeted them a lot longer than I have, but do you feel like the population has increased from
1: what it was? Um, I want to say that the quality has increased. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever really noticed a hurting flounder population. Um, and that's, you know, obviously my opinion, but, if we're red fishing with artificial, uh, like, you know, specifically plastics, Mm -hmm. I'd say we catch two to one or three to one flounder for every red fish. Mm -hmm. If we're not, you know, sight casting for red, um, they're pretty thick in my opinion. Now used to, there was, I would say there's more short fish than, you know, quality fish, but the last year or two, I have been seeing quite a few more, you know, solid, like, 18 to, say, 23-inch flounder in the marshes and stuff like that. Um, And even catch and release, you know, the client's pretty stoked on that. They're a fun fight. I I love targeting them. Uh, Just that initial, like, same with a trout almost. I mean, that initial, like, kind of slurp (laughs) (laughs) Um, where they just take it and kind of suck down to the bottom, and it'll get you going. But um, we had a few this flounder season that, drag like a redfish and <laughs> that's when you kinda know it's a real
0: one. For sure. Uh, yeah. That was got
1: us going, no doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've honestly kind of fallen in love with it. Um I, I don't know why. I mean I think just because you you have two weeks and you're like, all right, you gotta you know, I'm gonna Yeah, it's kinda of fun man. It's every, like every spot that I've ever caught in a flounder before and it's really fun just to really target them. Exclusively,
1: yeah. Kind of buckle down that two week season. It yeah. almost reminds me of like deer season opener. Yeah, right. Or like <laughs> turkey, like, or like turkey season or something. Like, exactly. Yeah, you get like this one little window.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I've I've I had a great time with it this year. Yeah, <laughs> i, learned, I definitely learned a lot. One thing I did start doing that I had I had done when golly, when I was a kid with like my mom's boyfriend at the time. Where we would, he would take me behind like this long row of docks, and we would just power drift. So we'd put, yeah. uh put a finger mullet on a Carolina rig, and just use the motor and put the put the nose of the boat into the current and just drift super slow. And uh, yep, I probably hadn't tried. I, I tried every once in a while. You know, I think I, I did some last year. I did a decent amount this year. And dang, it's productive. It is.
1: Oh, so no productive. doubt, man. <laughs> a mullet underneath a dog, yeah. I mean, you can really catch some stud flounder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, fun,
0: too. It's it, it, And then usually if you catch one, like you do one pass and you catch one, if you do that same drift again, you usually pick up two or three more. At yep, least from what I've,
1: exactly. you know. Pretty. They're schooling fish, just like a uh, yeah, you know, trout or, or redfish. So, like you said, they'll get they'll be kind of stacked on top of each other. And can really be a good time. Yeah,
0: and then yeah. the other thing I didn't really realize, and I definitely made this mistake last year, was when flounder season came around. I was like, oh, you know, live mullet all day, Carolina Yeah. Pigs. And but what I was doing, which is so stupid when I think about it now, it was all I would do was I would throw I would fish for flounder like I was fishing for redfish. I would throw mullet up on a bank and sit there <laughs> for like ten minutes.
1: Oh, yep. I know and exactly that, what you're saying. You know <laughs> what I mean? And
0: I'm like, where are the flounder at, man? And I'd catch like one <laughs> yeah. every now and again. But really the way to do it, in my opinion, is the way that you do it, which is where you just you cover a ton of ground. You look for Creek mouse, you look for drops off drop offs and you use soft plastics because yep. they'll eat the crap out of those things. And you, exactly. that's the best way to find them. I unfortunately <laughs> found out last year.
1: I um, put that trolling motor down and, uh, yeah, just cover a ton of ground. Clients love it. I mean, it's, it's pretty productive and it's, uh, definitely keeps them involved, you know? So, (laughs) yeah, very true. Very true. Um, a lot of what I like to do as well is, uh, you know, you can keep one flounder and one redfish, right? So I'll kind of set up in like a, I don't know, like a universal spot where I know we'll kind of be able to target both. And I'll put out, you know, three mullet rods for redfish on one side. And then I'll have my clients pitching artificials off the back and you know you can get get a little bit of both <laughs>
0: yeah no doubt
1: and it's a lot of fun
0: i like to call that maximum productivity
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i did this you know one. Uh, mullet rod screens off and then they're hooking up to a 20 inch flounder right, back and it's right. chaos you
0: know <laughs> yeah yeah it's taking the it's kind of taking, like the offshore fishing mentality and applying it to uh inshore fishing where you just are sort of maximizing your <laughs> Potential for catching fish by doing everything possible. That's right. That's what it's all
1: about. <laughs> I,
0: one, of my, one of my buddies, I'm sure a ton of people do this, uh, but I thought it was so funny, and, and I was like, man, that's really actually kind of a good idea. He would, while he was trolling, muttering around, casting for uh, Flounder this season, casting soft plastics, he'd have his clients casting soft plastics off the, front of the boat and then he would put out two mullet rods behind the boat and just slowly track them down you
1: just float them around <laughs> yeah, yeah man that'll work all day <laughs> on the bank
0: and he was like yeah it, i mean it didn't work great but every once in a while you'd pick one up on that so i was like yeah i'm maximum so funny enough
1: i will do that as well but i will float one on like a popping cork yeah that way uh you know it's not gonna get snagged on an oyster rock or something but it can be very productive <laughs> for sure for sure, yeah. Uh,
0: I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I've, I've I've taken 45 minutes of your time, so I know you're on been the, that long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you're on the road, so I will. Uh, we'll cut this one off, and I think we covered plenty of information. We covered trout. We covered flounder. Covered a little bit of redfish. Um, cool, sure, man. So, yeah, Captain Ryan, thank you so much for hopping on. Really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Definitely. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. We'll see you. Later, man. If you're anything like me, you like a clean boat. That's why I've chosen to partner with Carolina First Mate out of South Carolina. Carolina First Mate is a family owned business that provides environmentally friendly boat cleaning alternatives. My two favorite products are their hole cleaner that doesn't harm your trailer and their boat wash. Be sure to use code EC15 for 15% off your online purchase. If you're interested in checking out all their products, you can find a link to their website in the podcast show notes.